moms, welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda Wilson, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to nine, and 26-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, and The Four-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life. If you haven't checked out those books, I encourage you to do that. You can find them at my website, DorendaWilson.com. You can find them at Amazon, and you can find The Four-Hour School Day at just about any of your favorite booksellers. Well, today I'm going to be talking about soul weariness. I recently sent out a short devotional to the subscribers on my email list, which by the way, if you haven't subscribed, go to DorendaWilson.com and subscribe there. I try to send out a weekly devotional for encouragement. We also do a once a month live Q&A Zoom meeting where moms can ask whatever questions they want to ask. And the great thing is you can connect with other moms there as well. You know, that is something that we all desperately need. We need real connection with other moms. And you know what? I don't know everything. There are things that you're walking through that I have never walked to, but there's a really good chance that there will be another mom in the group who has, who can give you wise counsel, wisdom, and encouragement. So again, go to DorendaWilson.com and sign up for the email list and find some connection there. You'll also find connection at the new platform that I am working towards launching, hoping for around May 1st. I'll talk about that a little bit more later on, but it is a place where you will be encouraged and where I can actually mentor you in a more interactive way and a more personal way. And there will be other moms there who can mentor you as well. We mentor each other. That's what we do as women, right? We're nurturers and we're so good at it. And so I would just encourage you to keep that in mind as you're heading towards Mother's Day, that that might be a great Mother's Day gift from your husband for you. A little more about that at the end of this podcast. But if you've been listening to me the last few weeks, probably the last one or two weeks, um, I'm rarely sick, but I have found myself down with a flu that has kept me from much, if any, productivity. I am not going to lie. This has been a trial for me. (laughs) However, God is good and he never wastes anything. And as I've been seeking contentment, and just so you know, the definition of contentment is a deep satisfaction with the will of God. So as I've been seeking contentment in this season of what I call forced stillness, God is doing a profound work that has been a long time coming. For the last few years, I've experienced a lot of soul weariness. I've shared some of it with you along the way. Um, And it's been for many different reasons. We moved across the country. We had five kids leave home in five years, huge shift in family dynamics, Um, all wonderful things, good things, but definitely a lot. And then I kind of started moving into perimenopause and then menopause. And then of course I published a book. And so there was that. And we've added a couple of daughter-in-laws and a few grandkids. And so, you know, again, all very, very, very good things, huge blessings. But, you know, there's also all that's gone on in our country and in this world. You know, I, I know that I am not the only one who is experiencing soul weariness. And that's why I wanted to talk about this today, because I'm sure that all of you can relate to one degree or another with that feeling of soul weariness. 
I'm realizing that for me, so much of it goes back to simply trying to do too much, be too much, and process too much in too little time. In many ways, when the kids were home, it was easier to take a a simple and unhurried approach to life because I knew that it was best for all of us, but especially for them. I could see the difference in them when we took the slower pace and walked in unforced rhythms of grace. And as a mom, it brought delight to my soul to see them flourishing. So it made me want to continue to pursue that. Now fast forward and I have one high schooler who can pretty much do all of his schoolwork without me, which by the way is wonderful. I am not complaining at all. But I've been faced with a whole new series of reasons to hurry. The possibilities for other ventures seem limitless. And yet I am finite. I am limited And I certainly can't do very many things and still do them well with a soul that's flourishing. We live in a world that is moving at warp speed. And the temptation to to get caught up in the flurry is no longer limited to outside of our homes. We have a 24-7 connection with far more information and relationships than we can possibly steward well. We are overstimulated to the point of being numb. And many of us have lost connection with our own souls. And the only way to reconnect is to slow our hearts down and be with Jesus. So for the second time, someone recommended a book to me while I've been down. Um, I heard about this book a few months ago and thought, well, that looks really interesting. But I know myself, I buy books and then I don't finish them. I am notorious for that. Um, But someone mentioned this book again to me while I was laying in bed and I thought, you know, I can listen to an audio book. So I clicked purchase and I purchased a book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And, you know, just like any book, You have to chew up the meat and spit out the bones, but there was a lot of meat in this book. There are some things that I don't agree with the author on, but there was a whole lot of good there. And like I said, chew up the meat, spit out the bones. God is really using this book to open my eyes to some things. But the premise of the book is basically that hurry is at the root of many of our woes (laughs) because, um, it, it, it's a thief. It really is a thief. Now, he describes hurry as a state of frantic effort that we fall into in response to inadequacy, fear, and guilt. And so the antithesis of that would be the ability to do calmly and effectively with strength and joy that which really matters. Isn't that what we all want And yet somehow I feel like we've gotten so far away from that. At least I have. And I love this description because you realize that hurry, there's never a good motivation for hurry. You know, I'm not talking about productivity. I'm not talking about, you know, good productivity. I'm talking about just that state of frantic effort that he um, describes. But the premise of this book is to eliminate hurry, to be ruthless about it, and instead to take on the practices and habits of Jesus, who we know was never in a hurry. 
but he was never late. I always say that God is never in a hurry, but he's never late, or God is never in a hurry, but he's always on time. And so the premise of the book, like I said, is to really study the life of Jesus and to take on his practices as our everyday rhythms. And so much of that has to means that we're going to have to eliminate hurry. And I, I mentioned before that part of me was hurried because I was faced with a whole new series of reasons, quote unquote, to be in a hurry. But through it all, I have never felt like my body ever fully caught up with my soul. And so as I've been laying in bed and resting and meditating on the Lord, I've been pondering one of my favorite passages again. And if you've been following me for any length of time, you know I love this passage. It's the paraphrased version of Matthew 20, 11, 28 to 30. It's the message Bible, which I don't typically read out of, but it's such a beautiful picture. And I really do think that it paints a beautiful and accurate picture of the heart of Jesus. So Jesus is speaking, and I would like for you to just close your eyes, not if you're driving, but close your eyes if you can, and listen to the words of Jesus. Are you tired, worn out? burned out on religion, come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Jesus is calling us into an apprenticeship to pattern our lives and practices after him. He isn't offering to take away the duties that he's put in front of us. He's offering us what we need to bear our loads well, his yoke. He is offering his yoke, which which actually has him bearing the heaviest part of the load. But I'm going to warn you, What this may end up looking like is this. Success might turn out to look a lot like failure, at least to the world around us. We live in a world of opposites. The world says that we've got to watch out for ourselves. Don't let anyone stand in the way of our dreams. Keep moving or you'll miss out. Hurry, hurry, hurry. It's an unending spiral into a black hole. But God didn't create hurry. Corey Tim Boom said, if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. I think by busy, she doesn't mean good productivity. She means just trying to do too much, be too much, process too much in too little time. God's economy is the polar opposite of the world's. God says that love is the most important thing. But love, as we all know, is painfully time-consuming. The author of The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry says to walk with Jesus is to walk at a slow, unhurried pace. This reminds me of the story of Mary and Martha. Jesus uh, came uh, came for dinner to Mary and Martha's home. And I think they were hosting some other people as well. And Martha was very busy. She had her, I'm sure she had her checklist. 
she had things that needed to get done. You know that in that culture, that um, being a good host or hostess was very, very important. And it was held in high esteem. And so Martha was on her game. But she went and as she looked over where Mary was, she was sitting at the feet of Jesus. And this bothered Martha. And she said to Jesus, there are a lot of things, basically, I'm paraphrasing here, a lot of things that need to be done. You know, basically, aren't you going to tell Mary to come and help me with these things? But Jesus' answer was stunning. He told Martha that she was worried about many things or concerned about many things, but Mary had found the better thing and it would not be taken from her. And I kept pondering this story and asking the Lord, even more so than I have before, what specifically was it that Mary had found? What was this thing that was at that moment far more important than the to-do list or how Mary looked to the other to other people? I know that one of those things was that Mary was listening for the good that Jesus had for her because we know that all that Jesus has is always good. And so I think that's what she was doing. And then I'm sure that she went on to do her duties, but with a very different heart than if she had never slowed down to be with Jesus. So what kept Mary there? What had her so enraptured that she could forget about the many details that were causing Martha so much grief? It had to be love. The loving, unhurried presence of Jesus, which was also the presence of God. I'll say it again. God's economy is very different than the world's. He puts the highest value on love, and love is painfully time-consuming. Hurry and love are incompatible. To walk with Jesus is to walk at a slow, unhurried pace, one where our souls are prospering and flourishing. And yes, our souls can prosper and flourish in the midst of hardship and grief. The world would say those feelings are mutually exclusive, but they are not. Not for those of us who know Jesus. In fact, Jesus said about salvation, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible possible. So it's not impossible for those of us who know Jesus, but how well do most of us really know him? Have we really studied his patterns, his rhythms, his ways of walking through life? We call ourselves Christ followers, disciples of Christ, and the word Christian means Christ-like. But are we walking as he would walk if he were us? Are we practicing the habits he practiced, like silence, solitude, taking a Sabbath, simplicity, and slowness? Those are practices that are talked about in the book that I mentioned. Silence, solitude, taking a Sabbath, truly taking a Sabbath, simplicity, and slowness. I know I haven't been. Somewhere along the way, my practices turned into habits that have caused a deep sense of soul weariness. But instead of recognizing it for what it was, I pressed forward, thinking that somehow if I hurried and got this done or that accomplished, even down to the smallest things in my everyday rhythms, 
that I would somehow feel more contentment, some sort of contentment. And it turns out that the opposite was true. I've experienced anxiety and a thirst that simply wasn't being quenched because nothing in this world can satisfy our souls. We were made to live with God forever in His world, and nothing less will ever satisfy us. In John 4, Jesus said, Everyone who drinks of this water, He was talking to the woman at the well, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And in John 6, 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Moms, doing it all is not an option. The author of The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry says, Life is a series of choices, and every yes is a thousand no's. So, I'm waiting for my soul to catch up with my body. I have a feeling it could take a while, and I'm okay with that. In fact, I'm more than okay with it. I want to learn more of the ways of Jesus. I want to value what Jesus values, and I want my routine, my practices, to be aligned with those values, the values of Jesus in this season of life. I want to practice those daily disciplines disciplines that set up abiding as the central pursuit of my life. I want to continually pour my heart out to him and sit quietly with him like Mary, just enjoying his presence, knowing his love, and listening to the good that he has for me. Yes, yes, I know our lives as moms are busy with family. And that is a blessing and a gift from the Lord. What I'm talking about here is heart orientation, being oriented toward Jesus as we fold laundry, do the dishes, homeschool, fix dinner, run errands, while also being careful to guard our hearts against unnecessary interruptions, also known as our phones and whatever else. But I don't mean the children. But we guard our hearts against unnecessary interruptions and have the heart of Jesus toward our lives and our families. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to slow down. Does this resonate with your soul? I want to invite you to join me on this journey. It's so much easier when we're cheering each other on. That's why I'm creating a private community of moms, I mentioned this earlier, who want to move towards slowing down and simplifying. This community is going to be launching around May 1st. It's not live yet, but I'm going to include a link to a video in the show notes that will give you a sneak peek into more about what this community will have to offer. But for now... Remember, love, joy, and peace are incompatible with hurry. I hope you'll take the time to orient your heart toward Jesus today, tomorrow, next week, and in the coming months and years. I'd love to walk that journey with you. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, 
your faithfulness is amazing. God, I thank you that you are with us, that you never leave us and you never forsake us. You are so patient with us. And we're so distracted so much of the time. God, forgive us. I ask, Lord, that you would help me and every mom here to reorient our hearts toward you. Lord, may you ever be before us, before our eyes, as it says in the Psalms. Lord, we just thank you that when we do that, you honor it, Lord. We don't have to do it perfectly, but you honor every step in the right direction. God, help us to slow our hearts, to take the time to just be with you, Lord, whether that's in the midst of our hands being busy, or maybe we get an opportunity while our kids were waiting to pick up our kids from something. Lord, there's so many moments throughout the day that we grab our phones, we distract ourselves with something else when we could just sit for a few moments and just enjoy your presence. And so, Lord, I pray that you would lead us that direction. Lord, we need help. We can't do it on our own. This is not what our flesh wants to do. It's not what our human nature tends to do. But God, may we be bold and courageous and persistent in keeping you ever before us and in practicing the rhythms and the routines that Jesus showed us. Lord, thank you for that. Thank you for giving us that example. In Jesus' name, amen.